Thanks for listening to The River's Podcast. For more information on this teaching, visit our website at theriver.info. Dory, not the fish, the person, the human being, got me one of the best gifts I've ever received. Thinking putty. It bends, it glows in the dark, it's stretchy. If I pull it really hard, it will break, and it's bulletproof. One of those facts is not true. (laughs) But I brought it up here this morning because, uh, you know, it, it occurs to me every time I preach that back in the olden days, People thought heaven was up there, hell was down there, we're somewhere in the middle, and so the preacher should obviously be on an elevated stage because that's the person who's downloading the information from God to you. They're literally closer to God. And so I brought my thinking putty this morning because you have a brain. Yes. And we're going to think together. And you don't have to agree with me. And you don't have to take what I say as gold. I'm not coming down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments. I'm bringing you some ideas that I believe the Lord wants me to share with you, and then we're going to move on. And hopefully, if it's God's Word, it won't go away empty, and that's the promise. And so that's when I, whenever I have the opportunity to speak, I trust that. And so... I think you're going to take something away this morning. We are in a series called Moses. There was a really funny comic of Moses in the bathroom peeing in two urinals at the same time. I didn't think it would be appropriate for children. So I didn't put it up there, but Google, you'll get what I'm saying. So we're beginning a series on Moses. It's going to be uh, this month, and I'm going to talk about Moses as a baby this morning, Moses in the desert next week, and then Rob, our lead pastor, is going to just make you cry um, when he gets up there in, in a few weeks. But I need you to be patient with me this morning because there's an idea that I want to share with you that may make you a bit uncomfortable And you may need to borrow my thinking putty afterwards dealing with Moses as a baby. Happy 4th of July, by the way. It starts with a quote that I found that I need us to consider. And the quote goes like this. It's actually on the slide. I am a citizen of a superpower. I was born among the conquerors. I live in the empire. But I want to read the Bible and think it's talking to me. This is a problem. Let me read it again. Get your your invisible thinking putty out. I'm a citizen of a superpower. I was born among the conquerors. I live in the empire, but I want to read the Bible and think it's talking to me. This, friends is a problem. Again, happy 4th of July to the most powerful nation in the world. You. I think this this is a problem when we read the Bible like this because if we think being citizens of the most powerful nation 
in the world, if we think that we are the good guys in every single Bible story, then we have no place for the oppressed, marginalized, lost, and lonely of the world. They don't fit in the Bible. If you're the one who needs the sea parted for you, then what about the person who really literally needs the sea parted for them? We're not always the good guy. Sometimes we're Egypt, the most powerful country in the world during their time. Now, some of you are already mad, and that's okay. Yes, there is a desert you and I must cross. Yes, there is a giant you and I must kill. And yes, there is a miraculous provision that we need to experience, but when you're a Syrian refugee trying to swim across an ocean because the raft isn't floating and you're watching your children die, there is definitely a water that needs parted for you. When you are a child, 12 years old in Uganda, being forced to lay naked on your stomach while Joseph Kony and the Lord's Resistance Army brands you with the blunt side of a metal machete, there is a giant you need killed. And when you don't know if your next meal is coming or going to be found by your parents in the local city dump, then there's a miraculous provision that you need. I am a citizen of a superpower. I live in the empire. I benefit from its structures and systems, and too often I want to read the Bible as though I'm the good guy and as though it's talking to me, the victim, And this is a problem because it leaves out the victim. It leaves out the hurting. And so I bring you Moses as a baby this morning, floating down the Nile River in a basket as every young Hebrew boy is being hunted down and murdered by the king of Egypt. If you don't know what's going on, Egypt had enslaved Israel, but in that slavery, Israel in the book of Exodus had begun multiplying more and more and more until the king of Egypt was afraid that he would be overthrown, and so he had the brilliant idea to kill all of the little boys and let the little girls live. And one mom snuck her baby into a basket and floated him down the river. And this is what we read in Exodus chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. 
And Moses begins to be raised by the grace of God like you and I in the empire. He became a citizen of the most powerful country in the world. And do you know who else was raised in the most powerful country in the world at that time? Pharaoh. Moses and Pharaoh. Two baby boys born into the empire where the king of the world ruled everything through that empire. Two young men raised in the exact same circumstances, choosing completely different life paths. This is the fun part for me. One stood by and watched his pyramids be built by those lower than him, passively by with his foot on the throat of people who he considered less than him, people who didn't work as hard as him, who didn't deserve the things that he had. And the other chose to step out of his seemingly high place and suffer with his people because he knew deep down they were not intended to be slaves. Do you know what it's like to be born into slavery? Obviously the answer is no. If you're born into slavery, then you have a specific worldview, and it is that of a slave. You don't know what a free person is like. So you can't say, I was once in this situation, but then I did some really stupid stuff, and now I'm in this situation, and I'm a slave. If you're born into slavery, that's just the way it is. You know no other way. And you didn't deserve it. It's, it's like this weird, this weird idea where somehow the innocent can end up in hell. Somehow someone who doesn't deserve anything can end up in the worst possible situation. They're born a slave. Somehow a little 12-year-old boy can be abducted and then beat 50 times with a, by a stick on his back as in, at the welcome party beneath a shea tree in Uganda, a shea nut tree, so that he can become part of the Lord's resistance army. A little child, the innocent, born into what many would call hell. It makes no sense. And then there's Moses and Pharaoh, born into the empire, and they learn to succeed in the empire, and they learn to thrive in the empire. And the bottom line, guys, this is what I'm getting at. Kids don't have a choice where they're born. Kids don't have a choice if their parents teach them to read or not. They don't know if they're going to Outback Steakhouse or if they're waiting for their meal from the city dump. They don't have a choice. They don't have a choice if mom and dad are addicted to meth. They are just innocent. And they shouldn't have to exist in this kind of hell. And one man stands passively by 
with his foot on the throat of the oppressed, and the other says, I don't think they were created to be like that. I have to do something. And Moses chose to do something. And you and I didn't get to choose our lives either, but we were given much. I can't preach this sermon in Uganda. I can preach this sermon in Michigan. You and I were given much. And Moses chose to do something. He chose to change his lifestyle and invest his time and energy in a way that would not only make his life more difficult and adventurous, but he also brought freedom to a people in desperate need of new life. And as they exited, they didn't even know which way to turn, where to go. They wanted to kill him half the time. But he gave his time and energy. Instead of allowing himself to climb the ladder of success in the empire, he changed his life and suffered with someone who was hurting. That's pretty much the content of my sermon. And it, it, it just seems to me, friends, that Jesus has given us a choice to make. And the, the choice is, will I be Pharaoh, will I be Moses? You can't help where you're born. You're rich. You're powerful. Will I be Pharaoh? Will I be Moses? God has put us in a position since we were babies, not our choice, to be Moses. He's put you in that position. He's put me in that position. Will we continue to benefit from the systems of our nation that have set us up for success while other people build our pyramids? Or will we choose to alter the way we live in order to bring freedom to the orphans, widows, and captives of this world who we have yet to even notice and acknowledge as our neighbors? One of my friends is sick and tired of the fact that kids in my neighborhood can't read as well as kids in the surrounding neighborhoods of Kalamazoo. And he's realized that his own freedom is tied up in those kids' ability to read. As the aboriginal activist nun, Lila Watson, said, if you've come to help me, you're wasting your time. But if you've come because your freedom is tied up with my freedom, then we should walk together. And he's realized that his own freedom is tied up with these kids' ability to read. And so he's doing something. He's figuring out how to suffer with these children because when you suffer with someone, you feel uncomfortable with them and you experience the urgency to make their circumstance different. Did you hear that part? When you suffer with someone, you feel their discomfort and you experience the urgency to make their circumstance different. I know we all want to be Moses. We always think we're the good guy. I know we all want to be Moses. 
And I know none of us want to be Pharaoh. And so my prayer for you and I today, on this 4th of July, where we will celebrate our independence and power, is that we take our freedom and our privilege and we take our resources and we take our lifestyles and we use them to help God's kingdom crash into this city and into this nation and into this world like we've never seen before. If it feels overwhelming, Moses did it. Moses did it. Given it changed his whole life, his whole life trajectory. He could have been a king, but instead he decided to free millions of people and suffer along the path. Moses did it. Thank you for coming on this 4th of July. You're better than other Christians. Let's not put that part in the recording. <laughs> if you want to see the seas part, then don't go stand in the ocean and pray to God that he shows you a miracle. Go find someone who needs the sea to literally part and walk with them, and then you'll see God do miracles. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, unto you who all hearts are open, all of our desires are known, and from you, God, who there are no secrets that are hidden, we ask that you cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit so that we can perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, check us out online at theriver.info.